here's Mike Gill. All right, hour two of the Sports Fast. But first, let me give you the Sports Fast cash code word of the day. It's worth $1,000. Enter the word on our website, 973ESPN.com. Sports Fast cash brought to you by Franklin Bank. Visit franklinbnk.com. You take the Sports Fast cash code word, enter it on our website, and if you are picked, you could win one thousand, or you will win one thousand dollars. You could win up to ten thousand dollars of Sports Bash Cash. I'll have another word at four and five tonight. The Sports Bash Cash code word is auto. A U T O. Auto. Enter the word now on our website ninety seven three ESPN dot com, or download the free mobile app, and you can win one thousand dollars of sports bash cash auto a-u-t-o powered by franklin bank sports bash cash here on the sports bash live on 97.3 espn mike and hunter and now from 97.3 espn.com frank close joins us to talk a little baseball and don't forget the powder blue podcast tonight at six they'll have more on the baseball but uh, frank i gotta start off first by asking you if you stayed up last night to uh, watch the KBO. Were you Jones in that much for baseball? Well, I might have, except my daughter kept me up all night, and I was actually awake the entire time of the game, but I did not get to see it. <laughs> There's going to be a replay. Actually, I think the replay's coming on like right about now, so if you're Jones in that bad, once you get off this call, you can uh, pop on a little KBO, right? Yeah, 3 p.m. on ESPN2. You can watch the game in its entirety, and you can see Aaron Altair bat second and play center field and wearing number 23 like he used to with the Phillies. So Phillies flair in this game. Yeah, there's a little Phillies flair. Now, uh, yesterday, as you posted at 973ESPN.com, uh, Trevor Plouffe, who I ver- barely remember having a cup of coffee, I remember him more with the Twins having some big power numbers uh, out of nowhere for them a couple of years ago. He tweeted out some um, timelines for baseball he said, want some good baseball news. I just heard from multiple sources that on June 10th, spring training two will start. July 1st will be opening day, and all teams will be playing at their home ballpark. So how much stock are we putting into this? Now, John Heyman just tweeted a little while ago that that date sounds a little aggressive. Yeah, you know, Trevor Plouffe, you know, who is best known as a Philly for his walk-off home run against Dodgers infielder Kike Hernandez, who was pitching in the 16th inning. Um, you know, this is his first sto- scoop, I guess, he's ever making. Now, it sounds like this is sort of based upon some sort of something or another that's out there. I, I don't know what else to call it. Um, in terms of some chatter that had been out there, I don't know how hard it is. Uh, in term, you know, we saw Keith Law come out and immediately just say, that this was just plain false, um, but it probably does resemble some ideas that have been passed along along the way, although it might not be the exact plan that we're going to see happen. So we saw all these different plans, the the Arizona Biosphere, the Gactus League, the Grapefruit League, the Texas uh, getting thrown in there, three different divisions. It sounds as if we're just going to be playing regular old baseball with uh, you know a National League, a National League East, Central, West, uh, and in American League East, Central, and West? You know, I don't know. I, I tended to think, now, there's, I don't want to read into the Plouffe stuff too much, but it seemed to suggest that it was like the three 
league model that they were going with limited travel and, and staying on your coast or in the center of the country. I, I, I can't imagine they're just going to go back to normal. And, you know, a lot of this is going to depend on, again, how, how things play out. Uh, you know, we saw this week that a lot of the projection models uh, are now predicting things to carry on longer and to uh, to be perhaps worse than they expected. And, and the reason why that the scientists at Washington State University say that is people are opening up too quickly. So that very well could have an effect on whether or not baseball is played. You know, I mean, we see people are getting antsy. People want to be outside. Uh, but, you know, it, it's not necessarily the best thing for everybody in terms of, of getting through this quicker. And uh, that, that's just something we have to watch. All right, Frank, uh, obviously, um, they, you know, they're talking about the possibility of uh, starting July 2nd. So let's just say that date's in play here. How many games do we get then? I'd say about 100. I, I think that they would try to do about 100 games and then have some sort of playoff. You know, th th that seems like the sample size you would need in order to have a meaningful season, uh, although it won't be won't be against the, the teams that they probably would have faced this season. Um, you know, when you, on the podcast tonight, Todd Zalecki was mentioning he really missed getting to go to Wrigley Field in Chicago and, and out to San Francisco to Oracle Park. But, you know, I, I don't think you're going to see see that happen. Uh, unfortunately, Mike Trout probably does not come to Philadelphia and play the Phillies this year. Uh, but I, I think they're going to do their best to try to contain everybody as best as possible, and that probably means uh, a lot of regional play whenever possible. Now, what we don't know is, you know, do when they come up with those, um, you know, ten-team leagues, do they divide them in half and, and have teams play each other wherever regionally expedient? Uh, that a lot of that remains to be seen. Now, 100 games, to me, that's a good number. If they get around 80 to 100, how do you feel personally about that in terms of crowning a championship at the end of the year? Is that enough to say, okay, that was a real season to an extent? That's a very, very good question. I, I, I can't believe that this will not go down in history as as being different. I mean, we had a strike season in, in 1995. Now, that that World Series kind of stands, you know, as normal. I don't, I don't hear much about the 1995 World Series as, as being cheapened. And what was that? The Atlanta Braves who won that year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but you know, when you look at history, I guess it depends on how much you play. Now, um, just just looking back, I can't find any other example other than the 1995 when the Braves uh, took on the the uh, it was the Cleveland Indians at that point. But um, you know, but the strike shortened season. If, if if we have most of the season, maybe maybe it'll end up like 1995. But it, but a lot could depend on how they want to approach the playoffs. Because if 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 we see the three divisions and we see that you have to have I don't know two teams from from each from each of these three divisions or leagues, whatever you want to call them, and then a couple of wild cards, and then but how do you even line up the the playoff? I think that's going to be the tricky thing. So. If you're not going to line off the line up the playoff in the same way that you would normally, then this might just have to be the year where it has an asterisk, or maybe you don't even call it the World Series. Maybe you call it the um, COVID nineteen championship. <laughs> I, you know, I'm sure that I'm sure they'll have a better name than that. But, yeah, <laughs> uh, but I, but I, th I think in history will just tell us that this year is going to be unlike other years. There's no question. Um, now I would say if you played a hundred games, I feel I feel like that's a valid season. The problem is, as Frank. As you just kind of pointed out, if you're playing a 100-game season but you're not playing a full schedule, meaning 
hey, I'm not going out west, so we're not playing the Dodgers, you're not playing the Giants, you're not playing uh, the West Coast teams. I think that kind of cheapens it a little bit. Um, so the 100 game total is a good number, but not playing all the teams. So would you, instead of playing the West Coast teams, do you think they would add interleague games and have you play the American League teams uh, that are on the East Coast or just keep the National League teams playing the teams from the north, the you know the east and the central. I don't think it's going to balance out if you just just do it that way. Um now the the way that the that the east so to speak allegedly lined up now uh in the AL East you would have Boston, Yankees, Baltimore, Tampa Bay. I I don't believe I don't believe Toronto I'm trying to remember if Toronto was part of that discussion. I uh, I think it was. Um, so th- there you have five, and you'll have five NL teams as well. Uh, it remains to be seen if they try to like make make a division each out of those five teams. Like there haven't been that many specifics, but but it seems to me like you're you're just going to play teams on the East Coast. There's not going to be a separation like that. So so it seems to me that the Phillies would be playing the Orioles, they'd be playing the the Pirates, they'd be playing the the Tampa Bay Rays, they'd be t- playing the Toronto Blue Jays, they'd be playing the Boston Red Sox, New York Yankees, Mets. And and a game's a game under that under that scenario. I don't think you can really divide it up at all at that point. All right, Frank Close, ninety-seven three ESPN dot com. Of course, uh, tonight the Powder Blue podcast. They'll have plenty more uh, on all of this stuff. Uh, Todd Zalecki also will be a part of the podcast tonight. You can hear that at six o'clock right here on ninety-seven three ESPN. All right, Frank, take care, bud. We'll uh, we'll be hearing you tonight. Sounds good, guys. Have a good one. Be safe. Uh, yeah, Frank Close, like all guests, appeared via the Boardwalk Honda hotline. So uh, interesting about the ploof and that timeline that, uh, I don't know, it, it doesn't, like last night was like, this is kind of cool, you know, that I'd have, it's almost like having another spring training to look forward to. Like, you know, I was supposed to go to spring training. Maybe I should go back down, but I don't think that's going to happen. No, not going to happen. No, nah, I doubt it. I don't think that traveling to Florida is a smart idea. You've made worse decisions. <laughs> Possible, but I did make the decision to not go to Florida this year. I was very shocked. Me too. Very shocked. Me too. Not happy about it either. I'm still kind of upset that I missed that trip. By the way, I got this text message uh, from Bill in Abseek, and He said, the other day I was mowing my lawn. As I came back around, I noticed there was something pushing up from the cut grass that I already went over, and I noticed there was some fur around it. So I got a stick to look under there and went over the bunny den. There was three baby bunnies in the hole. Luckily, I didn't kill them or hurt them, but it was close. The parents never came back, so my neighbor took them and is now trying to nurse them. I don't think they're going to make it. LOL. That's from Bill in Absecon. But this happened, like, I'm telling you, my sister had in her backyard a barrow hole, and there was there had to be 500 bunnies in that hole, man. Why don't you get him to come over and see if they can work something out? Who, the guy, Bill? Yeah. He said that the guy next door is trying to nurse somebody. He doesn't think they're going to make it. Well, whatever. Get his neighbor. I mean, you're the man of the people. Dude, I had, a, the neighbor? I had like a, a a super squirt gun. Like, hey, get out of that hole. You did not. <laughs> <laughs> Running around with like... Uh, After the slip and slide? Tidy whiteys on. Get out of that hole. <laughs> you and Billy Schwime. I told you, everyone's block. got a little Billy Schwime in them. Sports Pass Live, 97.3 ESPN, the free mobile app.
Atlantic City casinos are closed for the time being, but you can still play your favorite casino slots at PlaySugarHouse.com. Now at PlaySugarHouse.com, you can play the casino slot Pharaoh Sun. This special Power Extreme slot is ready for action. You'll find Pharaoh's Sun in more than 500 online real money slots at PlaySugarHouse.com. Have fun. Bet within your limits. Playable New Jersey only. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's the Sports Pass 97.3 ESPN. Mike and Hunter at Broads81. I'm at Mike Gill Show. Give us a follow on Twitter. And, of course, coming up at 4, it's Football at 4 with Johnny Mack. And I want to kind of get into a little bit of the football here. As um, so, some interesting comments this morning. If you were listening to Golik and Wingo here on ninety-seven three ESPN, and the guys during the midday show today, they had some good back and forth uh, about it. And you know, some of the thing that is, I think some of the things are kind of misconstrued about this whole situation. Now, yesterday, Wentz said it didn't bother him. Did anybody think he was going to come out and say that this has bothered him? How, like at all? No. Not at all. And that's why I was listening to Ryan and Josh speak about this. And and Ryan said he wanted a little bit more human of him. And I definitely see where Ryan is coming from. I don't think that that is a bad way to think about this. But imagine the outrage if Carson Wentz came out and said, I'm a little uncomfortable. I just want to, you know, I want to prove myself or whatever. It would be just as much of an outrage. It would just shift the way that we look at it. So no matter what he said, it's a lose-lose situation in my opinion. The whole situation to me is being, number one, because there's no sports going on, it's getting over-evaluated. Like Carson Wentz comes out and says, yeah, I'm really happy with the pair. I don't know what the exact quote was, but he essentially endorsed Jalen Hurts. There was no way he was going to come out and say anything other than that. So to kind of sit there and capitulate that he is okay with the pick or not okay with the pick, I don't think you can get it from listening to what he said in that press conference yesterday at all. Like, um, if he came out and said, I don't understand the pick, it doesn't make sense to me, that would be the only thing that would be believable. Correct. And, I see, I don't want him to say that. Do you, would you want Carson Wentz to say that? Well, if it's what he truly felt, but no. I mean, you, no, you don't. Even if he did feel that way, which I'm sure he does. I don't want him saying that. Well, here is what uh, they talked about. Mike Golick today, Golick and Wingo, said this. Let me just say, and again, this is all obviously an, an opinion thing. I don't think there's any way he's okay with that pick. Not not from a job-threatening position, but a why. What, why are you doing this? What, what, instead of continuing to build around and but get I, a they, team. But they did I, do that. They did do that. But, but, but still, that's a second-round pick. Yeah. A second-round pick that's not going to play a lot and is going to be expected to carry the team if this guy gets hurt. I, 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 I'm just telling you how I think I would feel yeah. and how he is going to feel is why. Why? So that's the way that he thinks, and probably Carson Wentz might deep down inside feel, right? I mean, if you ask Carson, how do you feel about this pick? I'm assuming he would say, I don't like it. Absolutely he would say that he doesn't like it. And I, I don't know, though, if I want him openly saying that, though, at the same time. Oh, I don't like this. What are they doing here? That would be an awful look. It would be just as much of a, a outrage by the fans that why is he focused on this? Why doesn't he just go shut up and play football? No, no matter what he says, there will be fans and Eagles Twitter and people in the media just 
crushing what he says. I'd rather him go with the simple, this is my team, let's go out there and compete, and I'm happy to have him here. That's the right way to approach this. I don't see how it's not. Yeah, well, this is what Mike Golick Jr. had to say about the pick. I think there's just a natural weight that gets yes. lifted off once you've accomplished the ultimate goal with the people currently involved in making the decision still. Because the one thing I think we all agree with Jalen Hurts is if all things go well in Dallas, Andy Dalton will never see the field. Right. If all things go well in Philadelphia, I'd have to imagine Jalen Hurts is still going to be yes, involved in the offensive game plan. And a lot of people, like, that's the difference. I think a lot of people looked at the pick as just the backup quarterback and not, hey, he's still going to be involved in the offense. But for someone like you, it's, Okay, he might be involved in the offense, but it's just not going to be enough involvement. Correct. I don't view this as backup quarterback, backup quarterback only. Because let's be real, we're hearing it's possible they bring in that backup quarterback. That's not Jalen Hurts. So if they have that veteran and they have Carson and they drafted Hurts in the second round, he's going to have more than just a third string mentality. He will be utilized in certain areas. But once again, it, it's not enough. And I agree with uh, Mike Golick, it, it makes no sense. It's it's a really bad message. Now, uh, what about this comment from Trey Wingo here, which I found to be kind of interesting? You know, I wonder how much of what everyone's thought process is about that is now shaped by what we've seen the Saints do with Taysom Hill. Yeah. Right? I mean, Drew Brees was waltzing into the Hall of yes, Fame. He is. he is waltzing into the Hall of Fame and when his and career they is take done. him off the field. And they purposely take him off the field at times to put Taysom Hill in there. And I think that... If you're a younger quarterback like Carson Wentz, who's had some success and has gotten paid, no question, and you see Drew Brees be okay with that, I think you have to say to yourself, well, how can I not be okay with that? It's an interesting take there. Like, if there's times where Drew Brees is coming off the field so that Taysom Hill can line up at quarterback because they have a package of plays for him, how then could Carson Wentz justifiably have a problem with coming off the field when there's a Hall of Fame quarterback who does it for a handful of plays throughout the course of the season? Simple. The context matters in this conversation. Drew Brees isn't 27. He wasn't just paid $180 million. He didn't just watch his backup quarterback win the Super Bowl and then the following year take that team to the playoffs once he went down. There's so much involved. Taysom Hill was not Jalen Hurts. He was not one of the best quarterbacks in college football. He wasn't the runner-up in the Heisman Trophy. Uh, there's so much involved in this conversation where I can't just look at it and say, well, Drew Brees is a Hall of Famer and he's okay with it. Well, how much of this do you – okay. And that's that's an, that's an interesting and okay point. I mean, the whole payment thing and your wins, it doesn't matter. Brees already lived that life. He's already made those contracts. He's already done that. So the whole point is if he could do it with a Hall of Fame resume, it shouldn't tarnish what your resume – could be because you decided to take a playoff for the betterment of the team. And that's where I think the message is different. With Drew Brees, it's, dude, you are the guy here, and you know it. There's no question about it. How he's saying that, but it's a true fact. It's not true that Carson Wentz is the guy. With Drew Brees, you know that's true. You know Hill is not going to replace Drew Brees in any situation. That is not clear here in Philadelphia. It's flat out not. Yeah, well, um, what do you think about, and I've said this before, and I know some people have disagreed with me on this, um, the fact that, like, Carson is a guy who, let's be honest, he comes from North Dakota. He is probably a very, like, you're a product of your environment a lot of times, okay? 
So living in North Dakota, he hasn't been exposed to a whole heck of a lot out there. You know, it's very small. There's not a lot of people. And maybe he is genuinely cool with Jalen Hurts being a member of the team. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, that's great. Like, it's inconceivable to us on the East Coast because we don't have that mentality. But people, like, you are a product of your environment. You are a product of where you grew up. And you ever talk to people who live in different areas of the country from you? A lot yeah, of times you don't see things on the same. You might be surprised that they live in the same country as you. So what's to say that Breeze, uh, excuse me, Wentz actually is kind of cool with this? When Howie Roseman said to me that it was not a comfortable conversation with Carson Wentz is when I realized that Carson Wentz did not enjoy this pick. So that's how I know he's not cool with it. Wait, say that again? Howie Roseman said, yeah. after he said, we talked to Carson Wentz, he knows about it, all this, a few days later, he spoke about it again, and the words came out, it was not a comfortable conversation. Um, okay, yeah, that he said that, that it was not a comfortable, well, was it not comfortable because he was uncomfortable or because <laughs> it got uncomfortable? That's the difference. I think it's Carson Wentz was not happy with the situation. If Howie Roseman's coming out and telling us, listen, I talked to Carson Wentz, but I felt uncomfortable having this conversation. Uh, come on, Howie. If that's the way he was going with this, shame on him. All right, Sports Pass Live, 97.3 ESPN. Mike Tannenbaum weighed in on it as well. We'll have some more audio uh, coming up on the other side, plus Elton Brand's comments from his conference call. We're all over the place today. We got KBO bat flips. We got live sports bash uh, back on the sports bash. Football at four on the way as well. Also, don't forget the MGPT top five at five tonight. We're ranking our top five teachers in a movie. Top five teachers in a movie is the MGPT top five at five tonight. You can text yours in at 609-403-0973. 609-403-0973. Your top five teachers in a movie and also you mentioned uh, the sports that people would want to get back the one sport and we've been surprised by these answers but I will um, I will tell you that I don't know that it's a home run that it's football I don't know that it's a home run now that I'm thinking about it more I'm not sure that it's a home run that it's football we'll uh, just talk about more coming up Sports Bash Live 97.3 ESPN don't forget Sports Bash Cash. He's one concussion away from it becoming a very serious issue in Philadelphia. He's going to be 28 years old. He hasn't played in a meaningful playoff game in his career. And now that he's thinking about concussions, it's something we have to take note of as an organization. And just so we have a sense of where we're going in the sport, most teams now have a traditional scouting form which has all the orthopedic injuries. But now, most teams have a separate column in terms of concussions coming out of the college ranks. So everyone's taking note of it. And when your star quarterback says it, it really impacts your thinking because, you know, if he's saying it publicly, he's thinking about it privately. You know, the one thing that I think we discount sometimes in the world we live in today and forget the world that we lived in a year ago, but is the impact that concussions has had on football. And that a guy could get knocked out and miss two to three games at any point of a season, and you just don't know when it's going to happen. And for Carson Wentz, as Mike Tannenbaum said this morning on Get Up, 
he is now a concussion risk kind of guy that he had a bad one last year. So isn't it a pretty smart idea to say we have a pretty big risk with our starting quarterback with getting concussions? We need to make sure that not only do we have a good backup, that we might also have his successor ready in the event that there's that concussion. If he had that concussion last year, the one that he got in the game, in the playoff game, what if that kept him out? I mean, that was a pretty bad one. You know what I mean? So you don't even think about it like that, but that's how he's saying that NFL teams are thinking. Sure. I mean, if they're thinking that way, then then sure. But, you know, I, I still, that's not enough for me to truly believe that this is legit. I can't say that this is the legit way to do this. Well, it's it's not, you're right, it's not... I, I like that's because as a fan, you don't want to think with rational opinion. You don't want to be rational when you're thinking about it. They're thinking rationally. You're thinking like see, a fan. I disagree. I'd see. I disagree. I don't think because I disagree with it, it automatically means that it's not rational. This is not rational if you base this off of what NFL teams do. There has never been a scenario where a team and a franchise had a quarterback at 27 years old getting paid $118 million and then, oh, yeah, all right, let's draft a quarterback in the second round. This is not rational. This isn't normal. Right. Well, it's it's not rational because you're irrational as a fan. That's why well, it's not see, rational. I, because I disagree with it, it's unfair to say that that's being irrational. Because I d- disagree, it doesn't make it irrational just because I disagree with it. Okay. No, it doesn't make you irrational because you disagree with it. The, the thinking of that drafting a quarterback due to injury, he has a rational thought that people who are fans and want immediacy look at as wrong. And he's saying, I'm not just drafting for 2020. My job, and he has said this, and I have that bite, is in one hand, I have to give Carson help. But on the other hand, I have to maintain the long term. And as a fan, the fan on draft day only cares about 2020. They don't care about 2022. They don't care about 2023. And the GM says, I have to think about more than 2020 when I'm putting this team together. Why I disagree with you is this. I have been the one claiming they need help on the defense. I've been the one claiming that they have so many one-year deals in that secondary. They are one-year deal guys. I've always said we needed to draft a player in the second round. That is more of a long-term problem. Now, is the quarterback position more of a have more of an impact than a secondary guy? Yes, but that still, to me, does not justify them doing that in that scenario. If that's the case, then every single player, every franchise who has a quarterback, no matter who they are, should always look to draft a quarterback because you just never know when they can get a concussion. If that's rational, oh, I think you're going to start, and I think you're going to start to see that more. I think you're going to start to see that more because of the concussions that are going on right now. I think you are going to see that start to see that more. I disagree completely. If you're telling me a franchise has a 27-year-old quarterback in the prime of his career, whether he had a couple injuries or not, if the, in the second round if they can get him help or if they can go out and get a backup quarterback, they will go with help over backup quarterback 99.7% of the time. They have never drafted Aaron Rodgers 
any help. He has never had a first-round receiver. Nothing. Shame on them. And look where they were. Look where they've been. Thirteen and three. They were thirteen and three this past year. And everybody even agreed that that was a very flawed thirteen and three. And by the way, they got smacked. And I was one of them. And I was one of them that that agreed that that was a flawed thirteen and three. But. They still were 13 and 3. They've won a Super Bowl. They've been a playoff team multiple times. So They have not been that great over the last couple of seasons. I mean, they Well, Rodgers got hurt. Stretch. Guess what? Because Rodgers got hurt, maybe if they drafted a quarterback in the second round when Rodgers got hurt, their season would go would have gone down the crapper. Stop it. Yeah, some rookie quarterback would have stepped in and saved the Green Bay Packers. It doesn't necessarily have to be a rookie. It could be his fourth year that they drafted a guy in the second round and that Rodgers got hurt two years in a row that maybe by year three and four, their seasons were fine. They were in the playoffs when Rodgers got hurt, and then they brought Scott Tolzien in, and the whole season went down the bleeper. No, nope, I'm still not getting by it. I will not support it. I will not support well, that logic. Again, that's, again, that's you don't scared. have to support the logic. The point is that's because you're thinking irrationally. You're only thinking about 2020's outcome and saying no, they could have got a player that could have helped them immediately. I am not thinking about 2020. I've been on the record multiple times saying I want someone who will be here long-term and help this football team, not the backup quarterback. But the backup quarterback is here long-term. His contract isn't a year-by-year situation. He gets a long-term deal too, you know. I will veteran backup quarterback route. Lie on that backup quarterback. I want a veteran experience play a total of three football games in the four-year window. Right. Well, you just heard what Tannenbaum – and by the way, Tannenbaum is, was not a great GM in the league, but the point he is making is in today's game – and I didn't even think about this. This only adds, and I agree with him 100% on this, these guys get hit, and they have to go to the sideline and get these concussion protocols almost weekly, it feels like. Not the quarterback all the time, but it seems more and more, and it's just going to keep happening more and more and more and more. I mean, it's just going to keep happening. It's not getting better. Put it that way. The concussion problem, it's not going away. It's not miraculously just getting out of here. It's going to get worse. So if you are a GM and you do not have that in mind, shame on you. Well, how about this? For everyone who's really upset with how Howie drafts, right? There's people who hate how Howie drafts, and then they're all happy that Jalen Hurts is here in Philadelphia. Some people have, like, mixed. It's, I don't like the way Howie drafts, yet I'm liking the pick. Who's to say that this is a J.J. Ortega-Whiteside? See, everyone who says, well, you miss out on Ortega-Whiteside. You miss out on Sidney Jones, and you're one of them. Jalen Hurts can absolutely be that. Why is it automatic that this kid's flat out going to be able to play? He could stink. He doesn't have that great of an arm. It's not like every successful. I can make the same conversation the other way, though. You're telling me that they drafted a guy in the second round, that it's a home run, and that that guy's going to help the team out. And I can give you, just as you can tell me, Zach Ertz, he's a second rounder. Fine. I can tell you that Sidney Jones was a second rounder, and he didn't do anything. We talked about it yesterday. Second rounders are essentially a coin flip. So whatever guy you got in that second round, there. by the way, the first round pick is no guarantee. But the guy in the second round is even less of a guarantee. So Hertz could be a total Busteroni. But I think 
We're just assuming that there's another guy they were going to get that was a home run. And that's the problem I have with it. People keep acting like, they could have got this guy. That guy could stink. But see, that's where I think that mindset is flawed. You're right. That player can stink. But the fact that you have a chance to get someone who can be that much of an impact is what is important to me. It's just like when Ryan was talking about Josh laid out a scenario where Carson Wentz doesn't win a Super Bowl, but he has insane numbers. The team is consistent. They're going to the playoffs. They're relevant every year. In that scenario, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that as a as a career by Carson because all I ask for out of my teams, it's not to demand championships. It's not championship or bust or your career was awful. It's be relevant, have a chance to be in the fight. When you draft in the second round, I want to see you take a chance on someone who could be in the fight with Carson, not the backup quarterback role who won't get to play a certain percentage of snaps. Well, again, you're going down the road. Again, you're going down the road that he's only the backup quarterback. Percentage and that is a flaw. Percentage of snaps. Okay, percentage, percentage of, snaps. of snaps. Again, we talked about Hill. He had 46 touches last year. That's not a lot. But the impact he had on their team got him $20 million. They have a more completed roster than this than the Eagles do. The Eagles are not ready for that gadget player over other players. I like gadget players. You need to have the roster first, then you get your gadget piece. You don't get your gadget piece, but then have other holes. And we're looking long-term. There's a lot of one-year deals in that secondary. So you wanted to draft a corner in the second round at pick 53? You were you, Corner, that's what... safety, defensive end. I, I think the defensive ends are, are not anything special. Not that I'm saying we would have gotten an elite steal, but we need help with that defensive ends position. We need help. We need help. See, again, I think we're just making the assumption that the guy that you would have taken at 53. Now, there was an edge rusher at 53, the kid that went to the Bills. Right. Yes. Right after. Right after. Epineza. Right. Went to Chicago, and you could say, "All right, we could have used that guy again." That pick is a pick with the future, with with right now in mind. Like we could use a guy right now. We need that guy. We need help right there. But you're you're discounting. This is amazing to me, by the way, that people Derek out Barnett, there are Brandon really Grant, trying to ra- be gone. But go ahead. That people are really trying to rationalize that we're discounting. Okay, the most important position in the entire sports world and the one position that was necessity to win the Super Bowl. It's amazing to me that we're saying, you know what? We don't need that position. We had a lot of other holes. You know how many guys got hurt the year they won the Super Bowl that were guys off the street, guys that they brought in? This guy got hurt. It didn't matter. But when you had to go to the backup quarterback, guess who matters? That guy. Guess what? I am not going to build my franchise off of the .0005% chance. Let's talk analytics, Mr. Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Laurie. Let's bring analytics. Numbers will tell you, you go to that backup quarterback, your chance of winning the Super Bowl is so little to the point where I am not going to then build my franchise by numbers that tell me your chances are super slim to win. No, That's but, not but, the way you build. But what Howie Roseman said the other day, and he's absolutely right about that, which was, 
it, everybody is looking at it in the sense of, well, then what are the chances that Wentz gets Hurts again in the playoffs and then the backup has to come in and play in the playoffs and that Hurts would be the guy playing in the playoffs? It's not about that. It's if Wentz gets hurt in the middle of the season and that he doesn't go 0-3 and cost you a home field advantage, a playoff berth, or or being a part of the playoffs. Just think about last year. Drew Brees got hurt, and when he got hurt, the first thing we all said was, well, how many games is Teddy Bridgewater going to win for them? He went 5-0. and He won every You're, game. And he's been in the league and is experienced. Well, right. You're talking about 2020. So Jalen Hurts three, four years from now when he's, you know, three or four years into the league, you're telling me by that point he's an experienced backup in the league. You can find a backup veteran quarterback every single year that will be able to help your football team. It's not an investment long-term backup quarterback-wise. It's not. It's something you it, recycle well, that's the point all that, the time. But that's the point that Tannenbaum's making is that it's it needs to start being an investment. And you're seeing, by the way, more teams do it. More teams put more money into the backup quarterback because they're realizing these guys are a hit away from getting a concussion and missing two to three games, even longer. And again, last year, Patrick Mahomes, he got hurt. He missed three games. The backup quarterback came in and went two and one. And as Howie Roseman said, if that guy doesn't go two and one, they don't get home field advantage in the playoffs. And who was that exactly? Their backup quarterback in... In uh, Kansas City is who? Uh, Matt Moore. Okay. And has he had experience in this league? Is he more of a veteran backup quarterback yeah. role? Matt Moore, he's, yeah. been, he's bounced around. Right. So my point is the backup veteran quarterback that you need to play three games in the middle of the season, you can find Matt Moore. If I told you Matt Moore as a backup quarterback, you would laugh. You would laugh at that. But well, he's he a guy who, has, but Matt Moore's the guy who has started in this league. I mean, he has played. But you and will started. find that every single year, you will find the veteran quarterback who once started in this in this in this league, where you can consistently back up Carson Wentz and not have well, the backup quarterback. Oddly, they around. couldn't find that guy last year. They had Nate Sudfeld. He got hurt. They had to call a guy who was essentially retired and pay him to come and back and play. And what happened in the? Playoff game. A guy was 41 years old and he tore his hamstring because he was too old to be out there and playing. They couldn't find the guy. If they had a capable backup last year, they would have beat that team. I think they could have found a better option than Josh McCown. And that's okay. Now you're just making the assumption that they could have. Now you're saying Nothing. you could always find this back mythical backup guy. You can't. Just because they didn't land that, that doesn't mean the options weren't there. Right? Obviously, if the options were there, they felt that McCown was the best option they could have found. And shame at, on them. But, but but that's the point is you're making the assumption that this there was a better option than McCown out there. Quite frankly, they went into the season with Sudfeld. He got hurt. And what people were in a panic when he got hurt in a preseason game, right? You remember that? People were like, what the hell are they going to do with Sudfeld hurt? And then they went out and got McCown. They could have gone out and got somebody else. They felt McCown was the best option that they could find. Right. And that is shame on them. But that doesn't mean the options were not available at some point during free agency to get someone better than Sudfeld and McCown. Just because they didn't, it doesn't mean that the 
options weren't on the table. That's uh, there's a lot. Then there's a lot of bad quarterbacks doing it. There's a lot of bad backup quarterbacks in this league. There's not. I too- would say the name Matt Moore to you, and before this two and one stretch, you would say bad backup quarterback. No, Everyone no, no, no. Would. Matt Moore is a Matt Moore is a solid. He's one of those guys that when he has to play, your season doesn't go awry. He's Come won. on, that's he's, crap. I'm not buying that. He has won in this league. He's been a starter in this league. He has, But most of these teams, forget Matt Moore, most of these teams, when they lose their starting quarterback, the season falls apart. The season's over. That's it. If Matt Ryan gets hurt and they have to go to Matt Schaub, guess what? They're in big trouble. When Green Bay loses... They've never made the playoffs when they lose Rodgers. The backup quarterback has never led them to the playoffs. They stink. Most teams, when the when the starting quarterback gets hurt, the season is over for these teams. Exactly. So why are you putting stock in that if when naturally you go to your backup quarterback, you don't win? You don't win. So why are you then praising it as if, well, that's like, I don't understand. If if statistically going to your backup quarterback means you don't succeed, I don't get it. Because they've proven that we put money and have put stock in the backup quarterback. And for us as an organization, we have not lost our seasons because we've gone to a backup quarterback, because we're one of the few teams that have said, we're going to put money, we're going to put value, we're going to put stock in the backup, and it's happened to them multiple times. I can remember one time they had to go to a backup quarterback, and then it fell apart, and it's because they didn't put money into the backup quarterback when they had to go to Mike McMahon. But any other time that they valued the backup quarterback, that guy has played a role in saving their seasons, and it's happened multiple times in my life since 2000. They had to go to A.J. Feely. When McNabb got hurt, he saved the season. They had to go to Jeff Garcia when McNabb got hurt, and he saved the season. They had to go to Mike Vick when Kevin Cobb got hurt, and he saved the season. They had to go to Nick Foles when Vick got hurt, and he saved the season. And then and they had to go to Foles again. Were drafted second round when their quarterbacks were in their prime, which then dates back to my point. You don't need to do this. You could find your backup quarterbacks that you value in other ways that do not cost you a second-round pick because they didn't do this before. You're mentioning guys who they did not spend a second-round draft pick for, and it helped the franchise win later on. So there are other ways to do this outside of second-round pick. Again, it goes back to then, again, you are just assuming that Hurts is a backup quarterback. That's the flaw in your argument. You're saying that this guy's going to stand on the sideline holding a clipboard, wearing a hat, and have no role in the team. You're devaluing what he's bringing to the team in other ways. Now, if he sits on the bench and has no role, I would agree with you. If they drafted him just to be a backup quarterback and that's his only role on the team, I'm scratching my head a little bit more. But listening to everything that I've heard and all the people that have talked I don't see that happening, and I value what he will bring to the offense way more than the guy you see standing on the bench with a hat and a, and a clipboard. So what I will say to that is, yes, third stringer, not doing anything, sure. Then I look at, okay, I don't value as much as you do those eight snaps compared to 80% of snaps that you will get from a secondary piece and of Mims if they went with that direction instead of picking wide receivers later. Sidney Jones played zero, zero percent of the snaps. Zero. That's how many percentage of snaps Sidney Jones played. Zero. Correct. And they but won the many, Super Bowl. How many, 
How many did Zach Ertz take? How many did Dallas Goddard take? How many did Miles Sanders take? How many did you have a chance to get a guy like that? I want that chance. Don't take away that chance from me. I want the chance. And if you hit on one of those guys, that snap, those percentage of snaps mean way more than the eight that hurts. By the way, if the quarterback ends up getting hurt and he plays all the snaps at quarterback and saves your season, it's exponentially more valuable than any snap Zach Ertz plays. Let me tell you. <laughs> That's just the way it sure. is. Yes, but I'm not, Jalen Hurts stepping in and being this savior. I'm not buying that, and that's where I don't think that he's going to be that lethal of an NFL quarterback if there was no Wentz and there's no all this disguising, and he had to sit in the pocket and play football. I'm not buying it. Just and that's think where if, I stand. Just think if you're having this conversation in Detroit, where last year Matthew Stafford got hurt and that team was actually halfway decent, and Stafford got hurt and they had to go to David Blau. The, the Lions are never actually decent. Well, because their it's, backup quarterback's David Blau. That's why the Lions are not successful, because they're backup quarterback. They, no had, they were winning games last year with Matt Stafford, and then when he got hurt and they had to go to Blau, that whole season just fell apart. Look what and happened. I'm not buying that that anyone's going to step in and just change that. It's the Lions. They are the worst organization in sports. There's a lot of teams who the example rings true all the time. It's essentially that when the backup quarterback has to be counted on, that team's season falls apart. So to think in a way, to think in a way that suggests that with the concussions going on and the injury history that my quarterback already has, that I'm going to try to get a guy that our season won't fall apart in the event that he gets hurt again. I think you're going to start seeing more and more and more teams start to do it.